Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neal. I hope you're all enjoying July. I'm very excited for this heatwave that's about to come. I mean, I doubt Belfast will get it that much. I saw London is literally getting to 37 degrees or something ridiculous, which, like, if you're not by the sea in 37 degree heat and you're in a city, oh, can you imagine? It would be so sticky. Like, London is sticky enough as it is. London is like a sticky heat when it's even just 22 degrees. Can you imagine what it's like when it's nearly 40? Also, the thing about the UK is that because it's not hot all year round, then when we get these heat waves, no one's prepared for it. Like, we nowhere has aircon. People don't really... I mean, people have fans from when they've had heat waves in the past, but, like, I don't have a fan... So when it happens, everyone shits themselves and runs to the shop and buys fans and then you can't buy them anywhere because they're all sold out. <laughs> okay, so last time I spoke to you was my female solo travel Q&A episode. I hope you enjoyed it. You guys seem to love any like travel content that I do, which is good. So yeah, let me know if there's anything else you want to hear from me travel content wise. I'll give you a little bit of a life update since I last spoke to you. I remember the last time I spoke to you, I was freaking out about the fact that I had my first yoga class the next day. So since then, I've had my first and second one. And I've also been to Amsterdam over the weekend. I'll tell you about that in a second. But yeah, oh my God, the first class, you should have seen me. I was a bundle of nerves the whole day. You know when you can feel the anxiety building up inside of you? And I was so restless. I was literally getting nervous poos the whole day. it was so bad it was just like constantly going through my head I was doing my class over and over again like physically and in my head it got to like five o'clock and I was like right I'm going insane here and it's getting to the point where I'm literally trembling this is not okay so I forced myself to go out for a jog so random of me because I literally do not run I just don't like running but you know when you feel like you just need to expend some energy and just like get it out of you so I went on a little jog and I was saying out loud to myself on the jog like words of motivation (laughs) I must have looked so crazy I really didn't want to bump into anyone I knew but then I actually ended up bumping into my mum's friend (laughs) And I was like, for fuck's sake, she must think I'm a lunatic. But yeah, there's me like jogging around the park being like, I am confident. I am an amazing yoga instructor. (laughs) That actually helped to be fair. First of all, saying the things out loud. And second of all, getting out and using some of that like energy because I was otherwise I was just literally like physically trembling. So that calmed me down a lot. That's a good tip if anyone feels like... You know, if you've been anxious before, you know that feeling of it actually feels like it's rising in your body. And that honestly really helped me. But then, so I got to the location, it was like half an hour early. It started to set in again, you know, when I had my mat set out and I I was waiting for everyone to come and stuff. Then I started to freak out again. And then once I got into the flow of things, it was fine. My nerves did settle a little bit and kind of, because... The class I was teaching was flowing. It wasn't like, I don't know, holding one thing for ages and then moving on to the next thing because you're kind of constantly flowing and constantly talking. It's easier to get like, I don't know, you kind of just zone out and zone in to what you're teaching. So I was fine. And then, but I was like fine, but I wasn't. (laughs) 
if you know what I mean like I was fine to teach the class but I wasn't myself in that I wasn't able to interact with everyone the way I normally would because I was just kind of freaking out in my head so I wasn't having you know the normal conversations and making not making jokes but you know what I mean just like the conversational sorry the conversational element of a class I wasn't doing that at all and then my second class I had like a new lease of life which was so good so I was just so glad to get the first one out of the way and actually do you know what all the girls were so nice and they were like no you actually couldn't tell you were nervous or that it was your first class at all so don't worry but my second class went really really well I was very happy with it I just felt a lot more at ease like I knew what I was doing I wasn't deeping anything I hadn't like over practiced it yeah I just had such a nice time I was able to relax I was able to move around the room a bit more make more physical adjustments with people chat to people a little bit more I don't know just be myself I guess but also be a good teacher so yeah it was amazing it was so fun also like my next class which is in I'm taking a week off because my brother's graduation's next week so I'm going over with my parents for that oh no, yeah next week and then we're actually getting the train from Newcastle to Leeds and I'm moving my because currently all my stuff from my house is in my friend's garage so I need to move all of that into my new place so I'm doing all of that next week which means I'm not having a yoga class next week but I'll be back the week after that and it's already fully booked which is just so crazy to me like I know it's only a small class it only holds 12 people I think you could I think you can squeeze in more but I do it as 12 people or 13 if I need to squeeze in a 13th person I can do that but yeah it's not a big class but it just is very heartwarming to see everyone enjoying it some people are beginners as well so to like get some people started on their journey with yoga is really cool and ultimately it's just like such a nice thing to know that you're able to kind of set the mood and put people into a positive headspace you know like bring everyone to the present and out of their stressful days and stuff it's really nice to know that you can have that effect on people and they go home in the evening and feel a lot better about I don't know their day themselves even just their yoga whatever it is could be their body anything because I always incorporate you know a bit of meditation at the end and like gratitude for your body stuff like that so yeah it's just very heartwarming and I'm really enjoying it even though it's only once a week it's a lovely hobby to have once a week I would absolutely love to do some YouTube videos maybe of like yoga classes in the future but right now I'm just focusing on you know being a good yoga teacher to start off with in person and then I think maybe after uni I can consider that but for now I'm just focusing on my little one class a week which is gonna end so soon literally ends at the end of August start of September which is a shame hopefully I'll get teaching in Leeds as well anyway let's move on so yeah I was in Amsterdam at the weekend I was there for four days honestly had the best time ever we didn't do a huge amount we did a few museums we did we just went like I ate so much and drank so much I've never drank so much beer in my life like I honestly came back with a beer belly trust me when I say that any work that was done in India doing three weeks of intense yoga was completely undone in four days in Amsterdam (laughs) it's just such a beautiful city I feel like you literally wouldn't have to book anything you could just walk around and have a nice time and find nice restaurants and find cool bars and 
Oh my god, it's just the coolest place ever. I could honestly, I could go back a hundred times and never get bored. I feel like it's one of those places that just has so much to do that every time you go back, you can have a completely different experience and never, you know, never eat or drink in the same two places. I do have a few recommendations up on my TikTok. There's one like daily vlog of the Saturday and then there's a few other like restaurant video recommendation things. So yeah, if you are going to Amsterdam, have a little look at them. I will also try and share some on my Instagram story because I know it's a very popular place for people to go to over somewhere as like a nice city break. You just spend far too much money on city breaks though. Like I went to Amsterdam when I was 17 and then again when I was 18 and both times we did it very cheap obviously because we had to like you don't have any money really when you're that age. So we were sleeping in hostels, we were making our breakfast in the in the shared kitchen making our dinner in the shared kitchen and just grabbing like a quick lunch that was cheap when we were out and then even when it came to going out and stuff at night you would pray at the hostel and then go out so you were spending a fraction of the price that you spend now on city breaks it's absolutely obscene like see buying every single meal out but like sitting in nice restaurants And then also buying every single drink out in nice beer bars. Christ. Do you know what though? It actually made me really want to do like another interrail trip again. And do it like I did the first time. Cheap. (laughs) In hostels. But yeah, I'd love to do another interrail trip around Europe. And go to like basically all the same countries that I went to. But go to like a different city than the ones I went to the first time so maybe do like Rotterdam and then instead of Berlin do Munich do you know what I mean so just you're still kind of covering all those countries but you're just seeing a different part to them I think that would be so nice okay all that talk about beers brings us on to this week's topic which is alcohol so I just kind of want to talk about I, right, I feel like I have a bit of a love-hate relationship when it comes to alcohol. I really can't make my mind up about it sometimes. Sometimes, you know, your life revolves around it and every social situation revolves around it. And then sometimes you just want nothing to do with it. So I thought for this week's episode, I would just talk a little bit about that kind of love-hate relationship and I guess our our views and our relationship with alcohol in the UK and Ireland. I'll talk a little bit about, you know, our drinking culture, societal pressures, all that kind of stuff surrounding alcohol. So how how do we start this off? Should I tell the story of the first time I drank? Do I even remember the story of the first time I drank? Probably not. I feel like what happened, it was a bit of a gradual thing. People started to meet up at this park by the sea called Sea Park. Very imaginative. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so people say my year and year above would start gathering in this park. I don't think there was like a huge amount of alcohol being drunk. I'd say it was just, you know, some beer, some WKDs. I don't think people were getting absolutely lit to the tit. Well, I guess when you're that young... And that small and you've never drank before even like some WKDs would make you drunk I guess but it wasn't like one of those big swells where like everyone's down in vodka and shit like that it was it was a bit more like an introduction to alcohol I'm gonna guess we were oh god what age were we 
I'm going to say 14. Like a mix of like 14 to 16 year olds. I'm not actually sure if that's 100% accurate, but yeah. I'm going to say, well, I have a late birthday, so I feel like I would have been 14. But yeah, it definitely wasn't anything mad, you know, like you were still, I think most people were still hiding it from their parents at this point. So you were still having to go home and, you know, act like you'd just been to the park. So people weren't getting paralytic for sure. Then I remember so clearly this one weekend and my friend, her parents were going away on holiday and she decided this is it this is the time for the big party where everyone gets smashed she had a class house and an older sister that was able to buy us drink yeah preparations were well underway we had it all planned out everything that we were getting to drink I decided it would be a really good idea to fill up a bottle of a mix of everything that was in my parents alcohol cupboard because I thought it would be too suspect if I took like all the vodka or all the gin they would know it was gone and then if I did that what if I filled it up with water and then they realized that it was watered down you know all these things were going through my head so I just thought you know what best way around this I just do like a shot or a double shot of each thing into a bottle and I'll bring that (laughs) not really knowing you know what happens when you mix drinks like that And now I'm not talking just like a mix of gin, vodka and rum. I'm talking port, Kahlua, whiskey, rum, a couple kinds of gin, vodka. Who knows, honestly, who knows what else was in there? Like sherry, everything you can think of that would be like stashed away in the back of your parents' alcohol cabinet. And my parents drink, so they have like a good alcohol cabinet. It's always like fully stocked as well. Anyone who's been to my house knows this. <laughs> because you just never know when you're going to want a wee gin and tonic or an espresso martini. So, you know, ingredients are there at all times. Anyway, so I fill up this bottle and I bring it, this potion, <laughs> to my friend's house. I just start dishing it out. We had our drink sorted, like we were drinking WKDs or whatever it was. And I start dishing this out as like a shot to people, you know, in a shot glass. Any person that had a shot of that potion that night was throwing up profusely the entire night. (laughs) I was literally in the safety position, like curled up, projectile vomiting on the grass, screaming. (laughs) Have I told this story before? Screaming water. I feel like I told this story when I did the episode with my friend Cara about drunken tales it was called but yeah anyway I was like screaming water my friend one of my friends like threw up on my friend's laptop one of them blocked the sink with the amount of sick like it was terrible it was a huge clean up the next day and you know what we actually surprisingly got away with it apart from the sink being blocked was the thing that gave it away I think and then she admitted that she had a few friends around or something but like because everything else was fine then they didn't really know the extent of it But yeah, I feel like that was kind of the first night where everyone was drinking to get drunk because everyone was able to stay there. So I feel like that just kind of continued to be a regular occurrence. You know, everyone was drinking to the point of oblivion. Like that was the aim, (laughs) which is so bad. But that's just kind of, it's just what happens, I guess. It's what everyone's doing. So you think you should be drinking to get that drunk and it's really weird because I don't 
think everywhere is like this. I don't know, I could be completely wrong here. Maybe everyone at that age is really stupid when it comes to alcohol and drinks to that point. But from what I, I don't know, from what I see, people like Europeans and stuff don't really take it too far like that. But maybe they do when they're younger and they don't know their limits. I'm not sure. In Belfast, anyway, I guess I can't really speak for anywhere else. I was going to say the UK and Ireland, but I'm just going to say in Belfast, that is definitely the case. I swear up until not that long ago, my mindset was still, if I'm not going out to get drunk, why would I go out? It definitely stems from like seeing people around you doing it, people who are older than you doing it, seeing your family, your parents doing it. You know, when you're younger and you see your aunties and uncles and your parents and everyone getting drunk together and like dancing and just being a bit more free and fun you always think oh my god like I want some of this this seems so fun and then I guess it's pretty like glamorized as well in media and television like it's always the cool girls with the margaritas and the glasses of champagne and I don't know it's just like such a prevalent thing in today's society and culture and media and just everywhere and you know what when I was actually thinking about doing this podcast and when I was kind of you know typing out my little notes about it one of my initial thoughts was maybe we have such an issue with our relationship with alcohol because the weather is so bad here and you know as a result of that we can't do as many outdoor things there's not you know you're not going to get up on a Sunday morning and go do a nice mountain walk when it is pissing down and seven degrees are you I mean some people might but it's not really my cup of tea (laughs) you're not gonna sit on the beach at Helens Bay and have a barbecue and watch the sunset if it's freezing cold and everything's getting blown away so I just think like automatically because of that drinking has become such a big thing as just like part of our culture and something to do socially and and then obviously then because of that then we've been known now around the world like for our bars and our pubs and our live music and stuff so now it's just like completely ingrained in our culture anyway my point was is that I was thinking maybe it's weather but then I was like but when I was in Australia I swear Australians had as unhealthy as a relationship with alcohol as we do and they get good weather majority year round and that's I don't know I think you can put it down to weather and you can think that it doesn't matter at all in one sense because you can also see it from a side of when the sun's out you want to get a beer (laughs) and you want to sit out in the sun in a nice like beer garden or something so maybe weather doesn't really have a factor in it because good or bad you still want to drink Regardless though, like alcohol, beer, Guinness, whatever, has become a personality trait of this country. Like a complete personality trait. People come, tourists come here to go to the bars, to drink the Guinness, to experience like Irish bars and Irish live music. So it's just like, how do you even go about not escaping it? Because that's not what I'm trying to say, but I don't know, how do, you, how do you go about changing our relationship with it when it's such a prominent thing in our lives? We look down on other drugs so badly. Now, I know other drugs aren't legal, so it is different. 
But let's take another legal drug like nicotine or like smoking. People really turn their nose up at smoking. They think it's a disgusting, dirty habit that you should at least be trying to give up. I'll give you a really good example here of the difference in someone's perception of the two things. So when I got home from India and I hadn't drank or smoked in four weeks. No, I don't smoke much. I did at one point. When I worked in a bar in Australia, I did smoke a bit then. I feel like it was more to get breaks than anything because I was like, yeah, can I have a smoke break? But yeah, now I don't really smoke. Like it would take me ages and ages, like more than two months to get through a pouch of tobacco. I would just have like a couple if I was drinking but I would never have one sober like I would never think of waking up and having one sober not that there's anything wrong with it I'm just trying to convey to you how little of a thing it is for the purpose of this story so I come back from India hadn't drank or smoked in a month and I said that to my dad I remember he said something about oh he asked me if I wanted a glass of wine with my dinner and I was like no, I haven't smoked or drank in a month. I don't really want to break it by just like having a glass of wine with my dinner. Do you know, I'll wait until I really, really want a nice cocktail when I'm out at a restaurant or something like that. And he was like, oh, that's good. Keep it that way for the smoking, but go on, have a wee drink. And it just baffles me how you can think of the two, which are both equally as bad for you. I mean, I'm not a scientist. Maybe I shouldn't be saying this. But surely they're equally as bad for you if you're doing them to the same extent? Maybe? I don't know. In my eyes, something that you do potentially two to three times a week drinking that makes you feel deathly the next day and also drains your bank account is way worse than smoking two cigs a week that costs you pretty much next to nothing no I'm not condoning smoking here this is not the point of the podcast whatsoever I'm just trying to make the comparison of like how we view alcohol and compared to another drug that is so looked down upon by so many people we've just become so accustomed to it it's become such a normalized thing in our society in our day-to-day lives you know to the point that people question you why you don't drink as opposed to why you do in the same way that people say you know why haven't you stopped smoking or why do you smoke so yeah please don't take what I just said and be like oh I should take up smoking now that's literally not the point whatsoever it's just so crazy how we view alcohol with this like I don't know with this halo around it as if it's just like the best thing ever and And we just kind of shun the fact that it causes any issues. Okay, here's another example of how mad it is the way we view alcohol. Right, have you ever thought to yourself, I don't want to eat a large Domino's pizza with a large garlic and herb dip and a side of wedges and some cookies because I will feel like shit tomorrow. Have you ever thought that? I'm sure you have. There's been a hundred times where I've thought that. You know, when you really want it, but you're like, oh, I really shouldn't because I'll actually feel like death tomorrow. Well, not even tomorrow, but like just after it in general. 
But then on the other hand, you're so happy to go out and drink loads and feel even worse for a whole day, sometimes two days, and spend a lot more money on it. Now, I get it's not a direct comparison because one is ordering a pizza and eating it yourself and one is maybe socialising with friends and having fun. So it's not exactly a fair comparison, but do you get where I'm going with this? I think in general, there's a lot of, not lack of education. Well, yeah, I guess lack of education, but like we just like to ignore the bad effects of alcohol a lot and not talk about it. Like something that makes you feel that way the next day is not, like cannot be good for you whatsoever. We just kind of joke about it and be like, oh, should we get a big fry for a hangover cure tomorrow? Or when we're talking about being hungover, we're like, oh my God, I was on my deathbed. Like we just kind of joke about it and act like it's not a big deal, but it literally makes you feel like you're on your deathbed. I do really wonder why as a country, I'm going to say, that we feel the need to get so drunk and not keep it civilised like in other places. Where does that stem from? They say Europeans are better because, like better with alcohol because they are brought up like having a glass of wine with their dinner or like a beer with their dinner when they're like 14. So apparently, you know, having it like that kind of introduces you to it in a better way, in a more healthy way. I always wonder, are we too... Do you know when people say you need to find like your inner child because it's kind of when you grow up your inner child is like so pushed away and told not to do all these things that you just become this slightly more reserved kind of not boring but just like less less wild version of yourself when you're older because you've been taught that that's not how you should be. I always wonder if like alcohol if, if the reason we get too drunk is because it gives us that free feeling where, you know, you feel like you can just be silly and be like a kid dancing around and not caring about anything. Or maybe it's because we have no form of emotional education and literally don't know how to talk to people about anything <laughs> or communicate to people about anything. So then when we drink, it's like all of a sudden you can talk to people about things that you wouldn't be comfortable talking about before. I think emotional education is coming into play a little bit more from what I hear in schools these days, like in primary schools. I know for me growing up though, it definitely was not a thing whatsoever. It was never mentioned at all. If anything, it was the opposite. It was like, don't show emotion. Like, don't cry about that. And don't scream about that. Don't be angry at your brother for this. Don't be angry at your friend in the playground for this. Whereas I think now they teach a lot more like compassion and understanding your emotions and why do you feel this way and why did they make you upset and can you communicate to your friend why they made you feel that way type of thing. Yeah, maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just spewing shit. Anyway, there are problems that come with this excessive drinking. Definitely. You can make terrible decisions when you're in such a bad way that you massively regret. You can end up in arguments like (laughs) I'm the worst person for arguing when I've had too much to drink honestly. I mean not every single time but you just don't know what way I'm gonna go. I'll either go so happy, so dancey or I'll be scrapping with a brick wall. (laughs) 
lots of people say actually that like certain alcohols make them certain ways you know some alcohols make them an angry drunk and some make them a happy drunk and some make them a sleepy drunk I've never really noticed this to be perfectly honest apart from the only thing I've noticed is that certain things give me really bad hangovers and I'd say wine makes me a different kind of like a little bit more of a sleepy drunk maybe I don't really drink wine though I'm not really a big wine fan at all but yeah I mean it's hard when you don't know what what you're gonna be like oh because obviously I don't want to argue with people that's not what I want to do but sometimes the alcohol has other plans anyway let's talk about why I'm even doing this podcast in the first place because for so many years honestly this didn't cross my mind like it was just a love relationship with alcohol it wasn't a love hate like it is now I mean maybe a little bit of hate you know when you get the fear the next day but not yeah not anything major I drank so many nights a week when I worked in a bar and I never had any issues with like bad hangovers and stuff but I was like 20 then 2021 I feel like at that age you just don't get hangovers and I remember being so smug about it and people being like just you ate until you're like it was people that were probably my age now 24 or 25 being like just you ate till you're my age and I was like nah I never get hangovers I'll never get hangovers thinking I was literally the queen of no hangovers and here I am now getting the worst hangovers ever anyway so yeah used to drink I mean it comes with working in a bar like that well it was a club so we would just like drink when we were working all the time and then when we would finish work we would carry on drinking and then if you were off work you were drinking so it was just this constant cycle of always always drinking but it never phased me because I never got hung over so it never affected like the next day I was still able to get up and do stuff I honestly don't think it was until I'm gonna say less than a year ago like 10 months ago so kind of like last summer kind of time maybe where well I did I was getting you know bad hangovers before that but this is when like the hangovers started to get really bad and really like depressing as well and I didn't notice it too much at home because you know my parents were always here my dogs were here so as bad as a hangover was you'd get up you'd be chilling with the dogs you'd have a cooked breakfast made for you 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 know you felt shit but you were grand It was then when I moved back to Leeds for second year and my housemates don't really, sorry my like my housemates from last year, they didn't really drink too much so if I was ever going out it was nine times out of ten with people that weren't in my house. The only reason I'm mentioning that by the way is just because it meant like I was the only person hungover the next day in the house. So all of a sudden I've gone from the hangovers being bad but copable copable is that a word yeah I could deal with them because I have my dogs and I have my parents and I had a fridge full of food (laughs) basically so I went from that to then being in Leeds and waking up on my own hungover literally just having a full day in bed not moving not speaking to anyone like not even coming down I'd come downstairs to answer the door to get my takeaway and I'd go straight back upstairs and shut my blinds my boyfriend wasn't there 
the people that I was out with wouldn't have been there because I didn't live with them. So I was very much just on my own. And it was just a horrific experience. Like each time it would happen, I would be like, right, that's me off it again. (laughs) And I would then start drinking less and less. You know, I'd gone from maybe going out once, twice a weekend to then it being every other weekend. And then it got to like a point where it was like, once a month and I would kind of fill my weekends more with going out for dinners and stuff like that instead of going out. So it really wasn't until recently where the debilitating hangovers came in where I started to kind of reevaluate my relationship with alcohol and I kind of sat down and thought you know what do I want this to be in my life because I know for sure that I don't I'm not down with this going out and getting really drunk every weekend anymore because I honestly can't deal with the repercussions of it to the point that I now dread nights out because I know what comes after them which shouldn't be the way you should be able to just be like I won't drink as much but because I have it so ingrained in my head that nights out are going out and getting really drunk it's like hard to I don't know once you're there and once you've had a few drinks then you're really easily persuaded to drink more by other people and your limits and your boundaries end up going out the window so yeah in my head it's kind of always like if you're going out you're getting drunk and then I just dread that now and I don't I just want to emphasize that I don't hate alcohol I just hate my relationship with alcohol I've come to understand that I enjoy it much more in situations like having a few drinks with your dinner or maybe going to a pub that has really good live music and just staying for two hours for a couple of drinks and then going home and don't get me wrong there's still times when you do those things there's a hundred percent times where you know I just go for dinner and drinks with my family and it gets a bit out of hand by accident But like I can deal with that when it's kind of by accident and it was a really fun night. It's the dread and the anxiety and then followed by the depression the next day that I can't deal with. So yeah, I think coming back from India and having that one month sober. Now, I don't really think it actually counts. I mean, I know it counts in terms of my body did do one month sober. I don't think it counts though in terms of like it wasn't a challenge for me it wasn't a mental challenge because I, there was no temptation to drink if I wanted to drink I wouldn't have even been able to buy a beer anywhere <laughs> and drink it anywhere because it literally just wasn't available in Rishikesh so I don't know it's not really a an achievement because well it is and it's not but it wasn't an option to drink so it's not really an achievement <laughs> but um yeah I think since having that I've kind of thought okay let's reevaluate this let's think a little bit about how we're gonna progress with alcohol being in my life now in the future and not like forever I just mean for the meantime it's actually really annoying because it would be so much easier if I hated the taste of alcohol like there's so many people that actually don't like the taste of alcohol they just drink because they like the effects of alcohol but I'm not one of those people I really really like a nice cold fresh and tonic I really like a lot of beers I'm obsessed with all the different fruity IPAs I love margarita the list goes on it goes on and it goes on for very very long 
So I don't know, maybe I need to start drinking like non-alcoholic shit, but then I always think that's such a waste of money as well. Okay, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what I'm like currently trying to do because of this and what I want to do as well in the future. So right now I'm trying to just make more plans that don't necessarily involve alcohol. For example, me and my mum have been booking to go to a yoga class on a Saturday morning and that just means, you know, you want a nice early night on a Friday night. I've been trying to meet friends more in the day instead of at night where it could turn into a drinking thing. So going out for lunch, going out for coffee, on a walk. And I'm just trying to not centre my weekend around thinking of when am I drinking, where am I going out, what am I wearing type of thing. I'm trying to just think of my weekend as another few days that I can make plans on and that don't have to be going out to drink. It can be relaxing, it can be active, it can be you can binge watch a series like there's so many things you can do with your weekend that don't have to revolve around drinking so I'm just trying to get out of that mindset at the minute and I think I've been doing that pretty well to be honest I mean we drank a good bit in Amsterdam but I think it's kind of different when you're on your holidays you've got a bit of an excuse to try all the nice bars and stuff but I mean in you know your normal everyday life I do eventually want to like be able to go out and not know my limits a bit more not drink as much but I also want to be able to do like nights out sober like full nights out go into bars and stuff where everyone is drinking and do them sober so whether that's you know being you could be the designated driver drinking alcohol free beers drinking mocktails stuff like that I really want to try and do that no I'm not jumping into that right now but I do want to try and do that at some point And I don't mean forever, I just mean like, you know, if you don't want to drink one night, but you don't necessarily want to miss out on seeing your friends and stuff, there is the option to do that. And I want to know that I can do that and prove to myself that I can do that. I don't mean that for every night out in future that I want to do that. No, definitely not. I think it's really important to find friends that you're comfortable with, that you can spend time together, that is not involving getting drunk (laughs) you can't just be in each other's company sober because you know especially when you're at uni there are a lot of people I would say that just have those kind of friendships where you know you just go out together so yeah it's really important to have friends that you don't rely on that and you can make plans with that don't involve drinking I know this is really really difficult because it's like most of your friends you do kind of meet as well on nights out and you do meet in drinking scenarios so then uh, yeah I don't know I think just by default we tend to make plans whether it's a date or whether it's meeting new friends we by default go or like our go-to is to make plans that are structured around drinking and I think if you want to make friends where that's not the focal point you should try and maybe meet them in other scenarios. I think another big thing is that everyone's got those friends that love to peer pressure you into drinking more and you know what when I'm drunk I am that friend. (laughs) It's so easy to be that person that's like oh come on another one another shot like trust me I know 
And no one's a bad person for doing that at all. You know, they're just carried away and being drunk and letting their limits go out the window as well and they're trying to get you on board with them it does not make them a bad person at all for trying to persuade you to drink more it's just a normal thing that happens when people are drinking but I think if you are like if you're finding yourself that you have are having a bit of a bad relationship with alcohol and you're trying to work on it and trying to drink less on nights out make your friends aware of it because how are you supposed to it's re- it's going to add so it's going to make it so much more difficult if when you are out with people they're persuading you constantly to drink more and in your he- you're having this mental battle with yourself of giving in to them or sticking to you know trying to not drink as much because you're going through a bit of a struggle with it at the minute but if you don't communicate that to them and they don't know that then how are they supposed to know not to egg you on like they do with absolutely everyone else? So yeah, I think definitely have a conversation with people that you go out with. Tell them that, don't just say I'm not going to drink as much tonight because that's just one of those statements that's like, yeah, whatever, Do you know, <laughs> everyone says that. I actually have a proper conversation with them being like, look, this is actually affecting my life. I am feeling horrible and depressed the next day. It is affecting my relationship with my body. Like tell them all the things that it's doing to you and explain how serious it is and say, look, I would really, really appreciate tonight if you don't try and egg me on to drink more. And if you're doing a round of shots to please leave me out of it, just stuff like that, that will emphasize like how serious you are about it and that it's not just like, oh, I'm not drinking as much tonight. It's really hard because you like you still know there are going to be scenarios where they are just going to be big drinking nights and it's hard to know how to navigate that without just kind of counting yourself out. Like one of my friends is having a big birthday in August and they're like going camping and it sounds so fun and it would be a really fun weekend but I just know it's going to be so heavy and I find it a lot easier to just be like, I can't come instead of going and trying to limit myself when I'm there and I actually have found myself doing that with like quite a few social situations where I think you know what it's just easier me not being there than me being there and trying to (laughs) to be good the thing is I never want to let like I don't want to cancel plans and then it affect my relationships with people if you're gonna not go to stuff like that and not see those friends then you kind of need to make the effort in other ways to make plans with those people that you would be seeing normally out drinking but make plans with them to do other things so that you're not like excluding yourself and you're not losing friends over the fact that you don't want to drink as much now don't get me wrong I go through phases of this as well like who knows you'll probably see me a week from now on my stories paralytic (laughs) no actually I'm I'm actually quite good at not posting stuff when I'm drunk to be fair but yeah like I'm not sitting here saying that I don't drink anymore or anything I obviously do I just came back from Amsterdam drinking a lot I'll probably we're having a barbecue tonight I'll probably drink then I'm going to a Mexican restaurant tomorrow night I'll probably have a few margaritas I'm not saying that I don't drink I'm just saying that like I'm really trying to be a bit more conscious about alcohol and how it affects me and how it affects my life and 
my weekends and how I feel about myself and then like how productive I am on a Monday like all these different things come into play and yeah I'm just trying to put myself first I think. (laughs) I thought I would end the podcast with just giving a few ideas of things you can do that don't involve drinking because I know it's like kind of difficult when you don't live in a sunny country that doesn't have a huge amount of things to do because apparently Irish bars is the only thing to do. (laughs) No, it's definitely not the only thing to do. I've made a little list so I can tell you everything. Okay, ideas for things to do when sober. We actually, maybe, maybe this is really, is, does anyone even want to know this? Am I the only person like (laughs) thinking this at the minute? I really hope there's other people that can relate to this episode today and that it's not just me because this just popped into my head as something I wanted to talk about but like it's never really come up as a suggestion from you guys um you know sometimes I'll put up what do you want to hear from me over on the podcast over the next few weeks and no one's ever really mentioned this but it's just been playing on my mind and I kind of wanted to talk about it anyway This is my list of things to do with friends or on your own that don't involve drinking. Walks, that's an obvious one. Swim in the sea. Cold water swimming is just like popping off at the minute, isn't it? So go to decathlon, get yourself a wee pair of those boots, the booties and the gloves and maybe a decent swimsuit or even like a half wetsuit, but I feel like that's cheating. I don't know. Get whatever. (laughs) and do some cold water swimming I would love to do more of that I, it's just like it's a half an hour drive from me and you know when you have a bit of a what's the word something blocking you from doing something it's just an excuse to not do it really when you to drive half an hour somewhere but I would love to get into it more another good thing to do is book into workout classes you can do this on your own or with friends obviously try like taking up something new maybe hot yoga or pilates or pole dancing like there's so many fun classes you can go to that you wouldn't think of like all the aerial silks things adult gymnastics yeah think outside the box a little bit and so often we're like because I know for me when I hear hot yoga is like 15 quid I'm like Jesus Christ (laughs) but like if you're not spending 50 quid in a bar at the weekend you can definitely pay 15 pound for a class you know our our perceptions of prices of things are a bit weird I think sometimes okay next thing is wall climbing wall climbing has kind of popped off as well it's kind of like a new trend along with cold water swimming isn't it I mean it's not new it's kind of come about over the last few years but there is a big climbing gym in Belfast at Boucher I've been to it it was very fun I went to the one in Leeds as well me and Sam did that for a couple dates where we didn't want to go out eating and drinking I think we'd just like done so much eating and drinking we were like fuck that let's go and do some wall climbing and that was really fun you could have a dinner party and an alcohol-free dinner party or you could do like a come dine with me style one where you you know if you have a group of people that are doing it alcohol-free and you could do like a mini come down with me and taking in turns each weekend who has it or you could just do where you know one person brings starter the person's house it is makes a main and another person brings dessert you could have a movie night you could cook or bake together 
So instead of bringing all the food, like do it all together. Make something fun that you wouldn't normally make, like spring rolls or sushi or do you know stuff that's quite like elaborate that you wouldn't normally make but you have the time to because you're spending all night doing it together you could go out for coffee that's always a nice one you could just go out for dinner but without the alcohol you could climb a mountain there's lots of beautiful mountains I feel like across the whole of the UK and Ireland You could do a pottery class or some type of art class. You don't see a huge amount of stuff like this in Belfast actually. You do see them every now and again. If there's anyone listening to this from Belfast that is an artist, even if you're just a student or something, I think that's a huge, huge gap in the market is like nice little art classes. I would love to go to something like that. Or I used to always want to do, you know Bob Ross? his uh, painting videos I used to always think it'd be so fun to have like a Bob Ross night where you follow one of his little tutorials me and my housemates actually not that long ago had a painting night and it was so nice we just put on a documentary and we all sat on the ground with the paint in the middle around in a little circle and had the documentary playing in the background while we painted away and it was so nice and wholesome oh and we just like bought loads of snacks as well and put them all in the middle (laughs) Oh, here's a good one. Get the old Wii out. Oh, the Wii is so good. <laughs> Especially when you haven't played it in a while. Get on the Mario Kart. Get on the Just Dance. You actually can't beat it. And my last idea, I mean, pretty bog standard, but a board game night. Just get all the board games out. Play some cards. Play some Monopoly. Play Who's the Dude? Or where? what's it called? The Dude? I can't actually remember but it's this really funny game my friend Tammy introduced it to me when I was at her house and it's like it's 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 essentially like charades 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 I don't know whatever you call it but with a big inflatable doll and you have to like act it out with him he's called the dude it's really funny you can get it on Amazon I think it's like 20 quid and I would highly recommend it okay that's all I've got for you but please if anyone listening to this has any good ideas of things you can do that don't involve alcohol hit me up let me know I could even share them on my story if there's loads that's all from me today I hope you enjoyed this week's episode if you did please remember to leave me a little five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts and even better share it on your story so all your friends can listen as well I hope you guys all have an amazing week. Thank you as always for the love and support on the podcast. Your messages recently have been bringing me to tears. It's too much. I love you all and I'll speak to you in the next episode. Bye.